Hey, family, how's everybody doing? For those who's watching on YouTube, those watching on Facebook, I want to welcome you all officially to the Way Out podcast featuring myself and my good friend, Jeffrey Francis. Uh, we've been good friends since college. Great man of God here. And the whole purpose of this podcast, man, is to really help anyone trapped in any situation, um, utilize our experience, utilize our exegetical ability, utilizing all those good things to really give you what the word of God says in your particular area and to help you gain the way out. And uh, I don't know if Jeff want to share anything. You want to introduce yourself, Jeff? Yeah. So, uh, Jeff, uh, some of you know me and some of you don't. Me and Ezzy have been friends since, man, 2007. Nah, yeah, 2007. No, 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 2004. 2004, yeah. 2004, wow. 16 years, no, so. Wow, man. Uh, I know it's been forever. Uh, my goodness. Um, back when he used to be able to play basketball. Listen, but, I still, um, I still, listen, I still got a little game on me, my brother. You know, we got know. once you're in your 30s, man, you can only yeah. play half court basketball. Man. <laughs> you're right. Um, no, we're, I'm really excited to do this podcast. I think that, uh, you know, Josh and I both are very much on the same page about wanting to help people and really bring, um, like the title says, the way out to bring you out of your situation of whatever that is. And a lot of people are in a lot of different situations. And thankfully, Josh and I both agree that the answer is always Jesus Christ. That's it. To pull you out of that situation. He always has the answer. Sometimes you have to search for it. Sometimes you have to wait on him but there's always an answer. And so us being here to be able to help you to better navigate through that kind of wilderness period, because we're believing that, you know, any dry bones that come in, God is going to bring life again to that That's situation. Right. That's so, right, man. Yeah. We're just really excited to be involved in this. And uh, just want to say thank you for having me and welcome everyone. And we're going to have a good time. And uh, yeah, it's been since 2004, which is, crazy to me. Man, I remember the day I met you, man. Like my mom and I was in the hallway and you yep. was the first person that yep. I really, really uh, met at ORU as mm -hmm. well as befriended me. And then the same day we met, we met yep. Kenny, we met Adam. Yep. It's been, yeah. yeah. So for those of you that don't know, me, Ezzy, uh, another gentleman, Kenny and Adam were in a, in a uh, kind of a, a, a group. <laughs> a, pre a preacher, a preacher's group. A preacher's group called uh, the Royal Priesthood, and we used to go around and preach um, to different churches. And um, man, it's been so long, but it was such a wonderful time because we were so young. But people would invite us to come and preach, and we'd all get up and and and, and do you know as the Lord led us because we were definitely four different types of people, yeah. um, and personalities and backgrounds. Um, the reason, as I think you and I connected right away is because. I, I'm from Pittsburgh, but I grew up for some of my high school in Charlotte. Yeah. And um, even some of the people that went to my school, which was Northwest School of the Arts in Charlotte, some of the people that went there went to your church. I'm yeah. thinking of PJ and Ray and all them. Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, finding that out later on that we had mutual friends. And so we just connected, you know, right away and God used it. Um, and we've been friends all these years <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's, it's definitely one of those things, you know, as God designed, mm -hmm. you know, that God put this, put our friendships together. Um, yeah. and, and it's amazing how even 14, 15 years, um, mm -hmm. God opened the door for us to do a podcast together, man. And um, I'm excited about it because, you know, we're both preachers. Um, mm -hmm. We're both we're both uh, revival focused. Yeah. Um, we both uh, don't care about the hype. We don't care about the no. um, how many numbers. We don't. We care about making sure that you all uh, know yeah. Christ personally. Uh, yeah. Making sure that you actually walk out this Christian life and not yeah. to be plugged here, man. Our goal is to get yeah. heaven bound and to get you to a place where you say, "Hey, man, um, um, this Jesus is real. Um, this life is real, and and I'm gonna do what it takes yeah. uh, with the help of the Holy Ghost." Um, to fulfill my purpose here and and make the father proud and make the father uh, known. And, and and that's just our mission with the podcast, man. Yeah, I think, you know, I was thinking about it today. And one thing that you and I know agree on so much is that, you know, when you see in America, when they look at Jesus, they have no problem seeing a savior. Yeah. But yeah. very often they don't see a Lord. That's right. And, you know, you you can praise a savior. And you can pray to a savior, but you worship a Lord. That's right, bro. And so 
you know, when we talk about the way out, Ezzy and I both know that worship is the key. That's right. Because Leonard Ravenhill said one time, and it really blessed me. He said, he said, listen, praise is preoccupation with your blessing. Prayer is preoccupation with your needs. Yeah. But worship is preoccupation with God alone, God himself. And, you know, um, getting people back to the idea of the old paths that we've seemed to have missed, you know, in, in, the, in this new age, we're, we're trying to change the message of Jesus and he hasn't changed. He still has the answer and the hope that the world needs, but it's on his terms and not ours, praise God. And yeah, so, man. Um, yeah. You know, we just have to remember that Jesus is Lord, and that's what we're, we're focused on. Because, like you mentioned earlier about revival, when Jesus is lifted and worshiped, revival comes in like a waterfall, and it just brings the fire that's needed. So, yeah, man, we're really excited. But, yeah, man. And so, I think that's we're just glad that we had this opportunity to kind of share this, not even really the full vision. Um, we, we can talk about right. lordship. We can talk about revival. Right. We can talk about the different um, tenets of the faith. We can get all deep like that, man. And, right. and, and that's why we're excited about this journey because we get the opportunity um, to really be used by the spirit of God and let this podcast be his okay. place. Let this podcast be where he breathes through so that we as a community, we as a body can really understand who the head of this body is and really worship him in spirit and in truth and ensure that those around us that like when you read the book of Acts, Jeff, um, when the disciples walked by and they said their shadows healed people like we got to get to a place where the potency of our relationship with God is so dense that it spreads out to the shadows mm -hmm. that when people are around us, families, co-workers, different yeah. people are around us, they will be impacted, not because you're focused on delivering them, not because you focused on them per se, but because you're so enamored by God and so focused on him yeah. that the byproduct of that transforms lives. Right. I love that because, you know, one time the, the Lord spoke to me, I walked into my work, you know, I work in finance, so I work in a regular office building. Mm -hmm. And I walked in and the Lord said, when you walk in this place, every demon has to flee. Yeah. Darkness has to begin to flee because I'm on the inside of you. Yeah. And it's just like uh, disease has to flee because healing is coming. Man, doesn't the word say, man, greater works will do? Amen. Like, I, th I think know, we yeah. missed, we missed the opportunity we have as believers. We've missed mm -hmm. the opportunities. I mean, what we focus so much on edification but we don't focus on deliverance. We don't focus on right. equipping the saints. And, and right. that's why my heart now in this phase has always been like that for Jeff and I since ORU. Uh, we wasn't liked much. Yeah. We wasn't invited a lot of places, but but we knew that we had to fire the Holy Spirit in us. And we knew that our mission was to make sure that, that God has an opportunity to us as vessels for right. a revival. And right. revival starts with us. Revival starts when we are focused on God and are in complete awe in awe of him. And we're so connected to the right. point to where we only care about right. his purpose. Right. And, and, and that's where we need to get back to, man. Getting back in love with the word, getting right. back in love with 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 just wanting to live the way we need to. So that right. impact can occur in other people's lives. Well, it's, it's important what you said, because the thing is, is that our lives are not our own. That's right. And God uses people whose lives are surrendered to him. You know, when you, when you give up to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, have your way. Yeah. He comes in and he has a blank slate to do whatever he wants to do with. Yeah. And when we spend that time with him and that fire comes on us, then that fire can go out and touch the world. Because make no doubt, God's fire is still here. You know, I know there are That's some right. that would argue that it ceased. But there, like I said one time, if you don't believe in the power of God, you're not desperate enough. You're not desperate enough. Yeah. If you haven't, if you don't believe in healing, you've never been sick. If That's you right. don't, if you don't, if you don't believe in healing, you've never, you, you've never experienced a bad relationship. Mm -hmm. God is there for all those things. Now they're not the main course, but they are. Salvation, of course, is the main course. Yeah. But they are there to accompany and to help and to lift. And in this time. Ezzy, I believe that God is going to move like never before. I believe, I really do. I believe we're going to, it's going to be like the book of Acts, but on steroids. 
Because, mm -hmm. bro, you know why? Every system during this coronavirus has mm -hmm. been tested, has yep. been proven unable to sustain. Right. It's getting to a place where this, so this modern church era has proven, mm -hmm. like, why church is still closed. You see what right. I'm saying? Why, why, why are they? Because you know why? If your church's focus is on production, they can keep mm -hmm. producing content Man. through streams. But if they care so much about your deliverance, they will mm -hmm. open up their doors. Yep. Why are we afraid of the virus? Don't so, we have the healing power? Let me let me tell you two things that, yeah. that really blessed me because there's two things. One thing you don't you, or two things you don't know. So one thing, our church, you know, in Georgia, they're way more open. The governor allows us to be open, but yeah, our church from the moment they did that. They went to a drive-through service. They went on live stream. They opened up a social distancing service and a regular service. They opened yeah. up a, a drive-through Sunday school and an in-person Sunday school. They are doing every single thing they can to make sure you have no excuse to get delivered. Secondly, yeah. my pastor actually went to a church, I think the beginning or a few months ago. And the pastor at that church said, I want you to listen to a prophetic word from last year during New mm -hmm. Year's. He's listened to the video. And that that person that was speaking um, for uh, for 2020, he made the comment. He said he started saying regular stuff, and of course, my pastor's like, "Okay, you're saying the same old, same old." You know mm -hmm. how they do. Then all of a sudden, listen to what this man of God said. He said, "I'm shutting down the sports arena because I want my Sunday back." Yeah. And I'm shutting down the mega churches, and I'm gonna replace them. I'm I'm gonna bless the pastors who are true shepherds. Wow. Look, that was in 2019. And look where you. we are. Yeah. Look where we are. Because I want my Sunday back. Wow. I'm telling you, God is moving. He there's a remnant that he's working through. And I believe revival is going to come. Yeah. And and yeah. and I know we started the podcast. My bad, y'all. The chat is full. So we're going to go to the chat and just say hello to everyone. Kristen, yeah. thank you for watching from Australia. Excited for this new chapter. I'm excited with you. Estella, thank you for watching. Carrie Patterson, thank you. Thank you. Aline, greetings to you, friend. Christina hey. Stubbs, hey, coach, watching from the Bahamas. Thank you for watching. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't want to butcher y'all's name. Please forgive me. Oh, Marida? Marida. Marida. There I we go. Said your name. Hey. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Yep. We are doing well. Thank you so much. And thank please you, forgive yeah. me. We were supposed to start at seven. It was on me. Nephew had basketball practice, lost track of time. But we're glad that we're here to serve you all. Deshaun Adams, what's going on, family? Oh, my wife's in the building. Hey, Brittany. She's in the building. Deshaun mm -hmm. Adams. Oh, oh, here we go. What advice would you give a young man who didn't have strong male role models in his life on becoming a father? Oh, man. Me and Ezzy can both speak to that because yeah. both of us, both of us, you know, I, I, Ezzy, if you want to start first and I'll go second or whatever you want to do. But yeah, okay. I think we both can tackle that. We got you, Deshaun. Well, let me read your question again to make sure I see the layers. What advice would you give a young man who didn't have strong male role models in his life on becoming a father? One thing that helped me, Deshaun, was this. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right. God is all-encompassing. God is in my future while he's in my present, and he's already filled my past, right? That's right. So I had insecurities getting married in the beginning, Deshaun, because I'd never seen a husband before. But what the Holy Spirit shared with me was, he says, don't worry about what you're going to say or do in any hour. I will be there to enable you to do what right. you can't do without me. Right. So to give you advice now is that your heavenly father is present. Your heavenly right. father has probably been more of a role model than you than you probably have been exactly. um, aware of. And, and this is the time where you say, father, I'm a walk in faith. The Bible says he did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power love and a sound mind right now through the holy spirit you have the power to be a father you have the ability not in your ability right now jeff and i we're not we're not winging this right we're trusting the spirit with this right because jeff like jeff said we didn't see this growing up but you know what god saw us through this right so what advice would you give a young man who didn't have a strong role, male role model in his life on becoming a father welcome your heavenly father into your life engage right. with him don't walk in fear. God's giving you power. And also the the second one is that not only did he give you, uh, he didn't give a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. Right. Perfect love casts out all fear, my friend. Amen. There's nothing to be afraid of. If you slow your life down and embrace the moments 
You will give the ability of the Holy Spirit to breathe in those moments. Right. Sometimes we rush through these seasons and we don't give the Holy Spirit time to breathe in those moments, to give us the life that we need to actually do what we're incapable of doing without him. Right. So don't wait for perfect conditions because if you work for perfect conditions, you won't get anything done. Do not allow the generational curse or cycle be moved to you because you gripped by fear. So what I need to do practically, I want you to um, forgive a father. For, if there's any right. type of resentment or unforgiveness mm -hmm. in your heart, the Holy Spirit is going to give you those names. Forgive them. I also want you to forgive you. Now I won't say forgive yourself, but I want you um, to build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying the Holy Ghost if you feel with the Spirit of God. There's a lot of different practical things that we can do, but it must begin with the root, my friend. And right. so right now you must understand that your heavenly father is present. He's not distracted in my life or Jeff's life. He's in tune with you. And he wants you to know that you because you know, Jeff can tell you the reason why God positioned us the way we are with no one to say that they made us rich, that they made us successful so that God can get the glory from our lives. Okay. Your children's going to see your reliance on God and they need to see that. Right. Yeah, man, I think that's great. Dushan, I don't know if you're saved. If you're not, of course, I would invite you to come to the Lord and to give your life to him. Yeah. But first and foremost, so, um, you know, I'm becoming a father with a strong male role model. So as he kind of picked apart some things I, I, I was thinking, and one thing is I know several men who didn't grow up with a strong male uh, 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 role model, and they suffer with a spirit of rejection. Yeah. It's heavy rejection. And so because they're not whole on the inside, they're not able to be a good husband or a good father. Yeah. So like as he said, you, you need deliverance first. And so, Deshaun, we pray, God, in Jesus' mighty name that you would touch his heart and we loose that spirit of rejection in Jesus' mighty name. Secondly, because I'm not going to reiterate what as he said because I, I, I agree with everything he said. Uh, the, the other thing that I would add to it is if you are involved in a local church, you should have a men's group of some sort yeah. with men that you should surround yourself with who are not necessarily your age. So, for instance, there, there are people who are there that are in men's groups that maybe might be a little bit older and I don't know your age, but who maybe be maybe a grandfather's age. You know, the one thing I found about grandfathers is that they're still strong male role models, but they don't have all the pettiness that they're working through like people do when they're in their 30s and 40s and 50s. Yeah. They, they, they're they kind of past that. You know what I mean? They're more cheerful. And that's what you need to be. And, and, you know, if you're becoming a father, realize this. God himself chose you to be that father. And God does not give you something that he does not equip you to do. And so uh, just to be a strong ro role model, just to reiter reiterate what Ezzy said was, the number one role model is Jesus Christ. That's right. That's it. It's Jesus Christ. If you don't look to Jesus Christ, you won't know what a true man is supposed to be. Because right. I've seen a lot of strong males who are nothing like what Christ would have a man to be. You know, we're told not to cry. That's not true. The Bible says Jesus wept. Yep. I cry almost every time I'm in worship. It's about the only time I cry, but I cry like a baby when I'm worshiping. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or if my wife has on a sad movie, but anyway, <laughs> I'm they, they, they don't throw them random movies on you, my brother. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. But anyway, no, no. Yeah. So uh, I hope that answers your question, but I would just encourage you get around from a practical standpoint, get around a men's uh, study or a group or, or a couple's group. But really I would go for uh, older, older men because they tend to be more established. And that's kind of what you're, you're, you want to feel that way. If that makes sense. Um, meaning somebody that you're same age, isn't going to fulfill that kind of fatherly role, but an older person may do that a little bit better, I think. That's it, brother. That's a good word, yeah. brother. Christina Stubbs. Elaine, oh, she said, hey to my wife. There you go. Amen. All right, let's see. That's powerful. I love this already. We're glad you're enjoying it, y'all. Latoya, what's going on? The finest arts. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Divine 15, my brother. I'll let you get this one first, man. You warmed up now. All right. Is it true that negative people can bring spirits into your home? Yes and no. So your home is your territory. Mm -hmm. I posted something on Facebook the other day because I thought it was really interesting. It might be corny, but it, it amazed me that a lion roars up to 46 times and 
his roar goes in a five mile radius. And that is to let other lions and predators around there know that that five miles is his territory. What I mean is this. You, I don't just welcome anybody into my home. The Bible yeah. warns against that. So, for instance, I've had Jehovah's Witnesses come to my door, and I always keep them out front. I always ask them to come back. They never do. <laughs> because <laughs> I preach the gospel to them, and I tell them to bring their elders. They never come back. Sometimes they let me pray for them, but they never come back. But I don't allow them into the home. Um, I don't allow any of their materials to That's come right. into my home. That's right. Because I don't agree with those materials. However, I think that uh, Divine 15, what you're talking about are people that you can't necessarily control. Meaning they're not Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons. They are people maybe in your family who are negative and you're saying, I don't want to bring that into my, my house. Well, here's the thing. I plead the blood of Jesus over my house. I anoint my house with oil. When you step into my territory, the Holy Spirit takes over and you have no authority. Amen. So yes, they can bring it in. If you let it, I believe. But there are people that can come in. But I, I, I would just say you have to be in a place of control through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So anybody that's in coming in with the, the power of darkness, if you will, into your home, you need to be in control. Now, and I'll finish with this. That doesn't mean that you just allow anybody into your home to steal your peace. That's right. It doesn't mean you agree. You know, like, like I've said, anytime you go to someone's house, always have a car outside that's your own so you can leave, leave, <laughs> leave that's as right. fast as you want. You know what I'm saying? So you don't just go allow them in there willy-nilly. So, you, you know, you just allow them to come in there and all that kind of stuff. But if it's something that you can't help, like a, a Thanksgiving or Christmas or something like that, and there's going to be negative people there, you set the tone through the Holy Spirit. And oftentimes my wife and I, if we have people coming over that, that we know we're going to, you know, bring a negative attitude or something like that, she and I will fast and pray before yeah. we come in and we'll cover the place in Jesus name. So that there's no problem. And that also goes for when I enter into another person's house That's who right. is not living right and who is negative. I walk in and I let every demon in that place know that Jesus Christ is here and you shut up. You have no power or authority. So you know, as let, let 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 maybe later we'll share we'll share a, a deliverance story about a demon, but we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, because I, because yeah, because that's ahead. that's yeah. we forget about that we're the dominant ones. Right. I think we've been people have been confined into the baby babe Christian category. Yeah. Messages hasn't dug dug deep. People no are flocking authority. to these false right. teachers, making them still stay at babes, or if not to a degree, not converted at all. And what we've missed is the power of the Holy Spirit and how we operate in dominance. That no matter where I go, I know who I am. See, it begins with awareness. Before right. you can apply authority, you have to be aware of your authority, right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't, if you're not aware of who you are in Christ yeah. and the weaponry that comes with that, like an officer okay. comes with a badge and he comes with a with a with a gun. That both signals authority and weapon. Yeah. Most people are completely unaware of who they are. And demons love a naive believer. That's demons right. love an ignorant believer. That's demons right. love a, a, a believer with no bullets in their clip. They don't know the word of God. Jesus did not attack the enemy with John the Baptist sermon notes. He attacked That's the right. enemy in the wilderness <laughs> with the word of God. So when you know the word, you know your disposition. And when you know that the word of God is true and it's accurate and it's your weapon, the whole armor of God didn't say you had a merit of weapons. It said you only have one, the sword of the spirit. And so when you know the word of God and faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, your faith develops. And then you will have a sensitivity to the spirit of God to discern the temperament of the person. I've seen people give testimony when I gave this advice, what Jeff is sharing with you, where they share a house with somebody. They said the person could no longer enter their bedroom. They will exactly. always stay at the door and talk to them. And they're like, why, why exactly. can't I come in? And it was odd because I said, why? Right. They won't be able to come in your bedroom. Right. Exactly. You know, one time, Ezzy, I was in a, and I'll just leave with this. I yeah. was in a person's home and they, they asked me to go upstairs. They said, and this person, uh, I mean, they, they had never done anything like that. And they were like, please get, get the demon out of this house. And I went up there and the demon spoke to me and said, I have a right to be here. 
Hmm. And I said, well, I'm here and standing in the gap. And Jesus Christ says, you don't have a right. And I cast the demon out. But see, the, the ignorant and the uneducated would have been intimidated. But we know that we have authority because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Yeah. yeah. So let's, let's see what the next question is, fam. Oh. All right. Corey says, hey, amen, amen. Oh, they they talking hey, to my wife, Miss Ezzy. Okay. All right. Audra Drake says, how do you deal with being alone? I know that God is always with you, but even Adam felt lonely when he was walking with God in the garden. I just feel so disconnected from everyone and I'm tired of it. Oh, man. You want to hit that first, Jeff? Yeah, I will. Go ahead, bro. I want to say that I I really identify with with you in that. And I haven't gone into my full story, but Ezzy and I have suffered a lot of rejection ministry-wise because of our stance on just preaching the gospel. Yeah. You know, and a lot of, you know, I'm not calling us prophets, so don't take that. But what I'm saying is that a lot of prophets suffered with that as well, the loneliness, because they had a message that the majority didn't like, right? But it was God's message. And so I bear witness to that. I will say this. I I don't believe in being secluded. So don't ever seclude yourself on purpose because the Bible, Christianity is not meant to be lived alone. The Bible actually says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. And when they're saying as the manner of some is, they're speaking of those people in a negative uh, 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 light. And so how do you deal with being alone? Show yourself friendly and go out and make friends. Go to your church and be involved. Get involved with a group. If your church doesn't have that, go to another church. God will make a way whenever you get around them now, but I know it is hard to deal with that loneliness. And I, I, I bear witness to that. And, and a lot of times, you know, especially, and I assume you're not married, um, but I would say get involved. Don't disconnect or seclude yourself. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and look at the question again. How do you deal with yeah. being alone? I know that God is always with you, but even Adam felt lonely when he was walking with God in the garden. I just feel so disconnected yeah. from everyone I'm tired of. Well, let's 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 make it very clear for you, my friend. Yeah. Um, God saw that it was no longer good for Adam to be alone. Right. And you have to notice where Adam was. God put Adam to rest. Restlessness will cause you to rush. When you're settled and you rested in God you will realize you were never alone. Right. Loneliness is of the devil. Being alone is yeah. a blessing, if you really ask my opinion. Yeah. You know, being alone. Jesus often went away, okay? <laughs> he often yeah. went away. So sometimes we miss, we misunderstand the opportunity of being alone. Because could it be that God is drawing you to himself? Could it be um, that that he wants to you to himself? And the beautiful thing about what Jeff is saying, sometimes our aloneness is predicated to possibly insecurity. Maybe uh, not having a social, um, uh, we've so been so confined by social media, we don't even know how to be social anymore. That's right. And so we connect to people more through a screen than we do being seen. Right. And so when you understand that God is there, that he wants to be a friend, that he wants to be a father, you would be able to, well, let's get here first. What is the root reason to you feeling alone? Is it insecurities? Is it inadequacies? Is it fear? Or is it just a transitional period? Right. Whatever that root issue is, give that to God and say, God, hey, I'm struggling with this. I'm dealing with this. I I feel alone. I need to, and don't get to a place where you uh, say, I got to feel you, God. God is more in the facts than he is in the feelings. That's, That's what right. messed up a lot of modern day churches. We right. want these experiences, but we don't want to be educated because when you are fully aware what the word of God says, not into being puffed up in self-righteousness, but to be puffed, not puffed up, but be enamored in the oddness of God, then you will say, I know who I am and I recognize his presence everywhere. Right. So now if you're going through a tough spat, then vent. <clears throat> vent so they don't have no dent. And what oftentimes happens, we don't vent. And so we dented all over the place right. because we, we're just, we don't, we don't, we don't um, just, just recognize that he's there. Right. Um, I feel so dis- disconnected from everyone. I'm tired of it. Um, yeah, I think they're just, you know, and of course this season of, uh, you know, COVID obviously is leading a lot of people to feel lonely. 
Yeah. But like as he said, don't if, if you know there there was a season with with my wife where she um was getting real close to the Lord and and just the the old friends didn't work out anymore. Mm-hmm. And so she went through a season of loneliness because God wanted to give her new friends. Yeah. And sometimes that you know that that was a process where she was changing. You know, and so I just encourage you to hold on and um like I said, don't seclude yourself. Make sure you're going to church and getting involved because that, yeah. that's one of the things you, you absolutely should be doing. That's uh, right. Is, is being involved with your local body. Because if you're not, the Bible is very clear that you're not supposed to forsake the assembling of yourselves. You're not supposed to have your own made up church somewhere. You know, mm. I don't think you're doing that, but I'm just saying, try your best to get involved and then, you know, show yourself friendly and allow God to be able to move it. But like, if, as he said, if it's a season, this too shall pass. So so I feel where, where you're coming from, and I understand that. So we both understand it because we and yeah. we the way we preach the gospel, the way we um deliver God's word, and the way we live, yeah. hey, it comes with the territory, my well, friend. Eddie, even when I got saved at the University of Houston, I lost all of my friends because I wouldn't Gone. help no more. I wouldn't I wouldn't act like they acted anymore. They it's not that I didn't want to be with them, they didn't want to be with me. Yeah, and I went through extreme season of loneliness, and I'm so glad that I did because yeah. guess what replaced that? Ezzy, Adam, Kenny, and a bunch of other people. And my friend Josh at the University of God brought in more people. But I had to go through that pruning process. So, yeah, I think we're good on that if you. Yeah, I think we're good, bro. Yeah. Uh, my wife again. She's talking to the ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Deshaun <laughs> says, would you guys say a woman is not capable of teaching her son to be a man? And is there any scripture or example in the Bible to go by? <laughs> 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 one so, of those, one so, of those so, questions. So, so uh, all right, I'll, I'll take this since you had that look on your face. So, number one, number one, <clears throat> I want to I want to explain something, and then I'm going to get to your question. Yeah. The way that God designed it was for there to be a man and a woman. That's right. Just so you understand, there was meant to be a man and a woman in holy matrimony, both working toward Christ, yep. and therefore being close. You know. Some people think you need to work to be close together as a couple. That's a lie. You need to work to be close to Christ and like Christ, the both of you, and then your oneness will come much easier because you'll both be more like Christ. So that's the way that God set set it up. However, there are circumstances which Ezzy and I have both been in where for Ezzy was a very long time and mine was for a season where I was being raised in a single home. One time was when I was with my mom and another time was when I was with my dad. I was being raised in a single home. So what I'll say to this is this. If that woman will give everything to Christ, you remember Hannah yeah. said, Lord, I'm gonna give Samuel to you That's right. if you give him to me. So what I mean by that is this. There is a special grace yeah. for extenuating circumstances that are beyond our control. I don't know your situation. I don't know if the man was not doing what was right. I don't know if you were doing the wrong thing and being with him in the first place. But what I do know is that if you'll start fresh, there is absolutely grace for a woman to be able to teach her son to be a man because all she has to do is teach him to be like Christ. And that is in the word. Now, I will say, I still want to get back to it's good to put strong role models, like we said in the past, whether it's in a church group or a church setting of people that can influence that young man. But I absolutely believe that a woman is very capable because I think that, well, I won't say this. I don't think a woman is capable, but I do think a woman who has Christ and puts Christ first is capable. Man, because that's God's grace is there. None of us are capable of doing anything. That's right. Without the spirit of God. if right. And that's what Jeff is saying. Because if my mom looks back how she raised me and she's in awe not because of her per se but because of god's supernatural hand delicately and detailedly if that's a word involved with the raising of myself that's right so nobody's capable and and, and let me say something just to interrupt for a second yeah yeah i know as he behind closed doors so he is the same person on air as he is off air that is 100 the truth if you I just take my word for it. And I will say this. He came in from a single family home. Ezzy acts like a godly man. 
Yeah. In spite of not having that in his life. Because there was grace. And so I just had to interrupt to let them know because no, that yeah. is 100% the truth. And even I, because my dad and mom divorced when I was very young, always felt kind of outside of it. But God's grace was there. And thank God I have I had a stepfather that came in and filled that gap, and I had grandparents to fill that gap. But now I didn't mean to uh, no, interrupt bro. you. I just wanted to say that Ezzy is a living testimony, and so am I, that God can do things through people who yield to Christ. His grace is sufficient. That's right. It's sufficient for any situation. That's right, any situation. There are certain single-parent homes that's, that's producing better seed than two-parent homes. That's right. Because, whoever, because wherever God... Up. Exactly. Wherever God is allowed, mm -hmm. wherever God is allowed, his glory will be That's heard right. aloud. That's right. You see what I'm saying? And people will look through your life and say, wow, there must be a God. I'd say it like this. God's word does not fail because of your circumstances. Yes, sir. COVID, you know, like I, I, I posted on Facebook the other day, the Bible does not lie. Even 2020 will work out for good to those that love God and all the call. That's right. We are not held to this world standard. We're no. not in it. We're not. We're in it, but we're not of it. We're nothing to do with it. So it, your circumstances do not change God's word. And that must Believe. be understood by every believer. Right. That during this pandemic, nothing affected me. Correct. Nothing affected our homes because at right. the end of the day, we're not connected to this world, right. friends, family. Right. When you're plugged into the system and money is your God, family is your God, mm -hmm. uh, um, career is your God, social media influence is your God. Mm -hmm. When those things are tested, because ladies and gentlemen, if we are in a season where everybody's foundation is tested, we now know. I'm pretty sure you know from the people closest to you and even your own life whose house was built on the rock and whose house was okay. built on the sand. The word of God okay. says that when the when the flood waters come and beat up against those houses. That would prove what it was rooted on. You may yeah. miss a shingle, you may yeah. have a glass busted, but yeah. your but your building your frame. The Bible yeah. says he'll plant you um, by rivers of water where yeah. your leaves won't fade. Yeah. See, when you got the Holy Spirit as a wellspring in you, you will always be green. Yeah. <laughs> you will always bear fruit in season. Right. And people, while everybody's bearing around you, bearing and have yeah. no leaves, when they look at you, they're going to be like, who's sustaining you? That's right. And I'll tell you what, 2020 really brought out, it's like separating the, 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 the wheat from the tears. Yeah. The yep. Because how many of you stopped tithing whenever, whenever 2020 came? I didn't. No. I, 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 there was times where, where I had nothing and I still tied because I knew God was faithful. Yeah. How many of you stopped praying? <laughs> you know, you, you, you get into your, your everyday things and it begins to expose your heart where it's at. That's not to discourage you. That's to say, Lord, put me back on the right track. Yeah. Because I don't want to be in that place. You know, I don't want to be in Egypt when you're in Goshen. Yeah. So, yeah, but I absolutely do think. That's capable. Yep. That's good stuff, man. Blessings to you both. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you, Brittany. Finita, Corrido, how you doing? <laughs> uh, Jeff, I'll let you pronounce names. You're good at names, bro. All right. I think it's Delisa King. And she said, what advice do you have for someone who struggles with mental health? Yeah. And occasional suicidal thoughts. But the suicide is not of God. Of course it's not. So they just end up feeling more stuck and lost. Jeff, I'm going to let you get that question. I used the bathroom, bro. I'd be right All back. Right, go ahead. Um, so what I will say is, number one, uh, Delisa, we, we lift you up or whoever uh, is going through this in Jesus' name. The Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double mind comes when we allow our thoughts to come and operate outside of the will of God. I'm glad that you see that suicide is not of God. It's absolutely not. Actually, suicide is an absolute terrible thing because it just doesn't just hurt the person that's doing it. It actually hurts everyone around them whenever they leave. I would say this. When your mind is replaced with the mind of Christ, The more you get closer to Jesus Christ, 
That was the fastest bathroom break ever. The more yeah, man. I've been drinking a lot of water, man. No, nah, you're good. I'm trying to stay hydrated. No, nah, I've been doing it too. Um, yeah. But I was talking about how a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And a yeah. double mind comes, you know, you think of schizophrenia, you think of suicidal thoughts, things yeah. like that. There can be some different things. So it can be a spiritual thing where a demon is attacking and trying to get you to, to kill yourself because they want you to, you know, the Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So it's coming from the enemy to try to destroy you. The reason it can take root is when you don't have the mind of Christ. Yeah. When you don't have the mind of Christ, it's because you haven't fully surrendered to the Lord. Now, I know that can sound harsh because I don't want you to think that we're judging you or putting you down. But I know that anytime my mind wanders toward things that it should not wander toward, it's because I have not fully surrendered myself to Christ. I know a lot of people who have struggled with suicidal thoughts. Some things come from outside circumstances that are natural, meaning you're physically being attacked because you are going through uh the loss of a loved one or something severe happens and and um excuse me and you're really struggling in that what i would say is this when you my number one advice was would be to get around true believers who you know love the lord and allow them to pray over you and to constantly have contact and interaction with you because your happiness and your joy there's nothing in this world that can give you joy. There's nothing in this world that can give you give you joy. Nothing. No house, no money, no better circumstances. Nothing in this world can give you joy. Only Jesus Christ can give you joy. So I would just say, Delisa, in Jesus' mighty name, we loose you from every demonic spirit, every demonic attack of suicide right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, and I will tell you that God has equipped you to be mighty and to do the things that he has called you to do. Uh, the Lord has shown me something, so I'm just going to pray for you. God is going to use you. And I don't know if you have children, but I just pray God would equip you and help you in Jesus' mighty name. I don't know. I just keep on hearing. I don't, something to do with a son. But anyway, and I don't know if that's for you, Delisa, or somebody else. With somebody with a son, mm -hmm. I just pray over them in Jesus' mighty name that you would bring deliverance and healing and that she would know your power and your peace in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, man. Amen. But I know, I'm not sure what Jeff said previously, um, but, I, but I know for a fact that, and we're no doctors, spiritual ones, if you want to put it that way, yes. but usually people's mental health, especially coming from someone that struggled with that, mm -hmm. I wasn't labeled anything, but it was mainly, mainly due to me, due to idolatry. Right. When your life is not dependent on God, your mind is unstable. Right. Exactly. Because your mind doesn't have the capacity to be able to handle pruning, does not handle rejection, does not handle what's in this world. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right. The image that the world wants you to have, the image the devil wants you to have is to bear the image of defeat. To bear the image of failure. Now, what the what the enemy doesn't tell you is that at the end of his suggestion are snares. What he doesn't tell you is that when he gets you on this mental thought pattern and you begin to walk away from God and you begin to become more dependent on something else, something else, or someone else, and then when that thing is removed from you, now you're in a downward mental spiral. And okay. then you go to the doctor and you hear these voices because demons love to surround with saliva down their jaws, okay. surround people who don't fully understand who they are in Christ, okay. whose mind has been conformed to an image, who's preoccupied their life being more like the world than actually endeavoring to be made whole by God. A life that's not submitted to God would entertain any type of suggestive thoughts of the enemy. So those suicidal thoughts you're hearing are not your own. There's three types of voice you're going to hear in life. You're going to hear a divine voice. You're going to have hear demonic voices, and you're going to hear your voice from deep within. The word of God is the is the is the only thing that can, the word of God says that it it, it, it divides the spirit and the soul. 
Right. You see what I'm saying? That the word of God is able to show you exactly what's going on in the compartments of your life to give you an awareness that this is the root reason of why you're in this suicidal spiral is usually because you're not dependent on God. Your, your, your life is anchored in something and you're going, you was disappointed. Maybe that thing rejected you because right. idols can never sustain you. Right. Well, I just say, no, I was just going to say, that's basically what we were talking about. And uh, one thing I was thinking about when you were talking, I don't know if you knew that John Wesley, you know, the Methodist church, before his heart was warmed at Aldersgate, before he truly gave his life to Christ, he was on a boat and he was constantly afraid of death because he idolized life. Wow. And he saw that the Moravians were not afraid of death. They kept on dealing with storms and they were afraid of death. And he came to them and he said, why aren't you afraid? Are you not afraid of death? And they said, no, we're not. And he goes, I don't understand why. And the Moravian looked at John Wesley and said, let me ask you a question. Have you truly surrendered to Christ? Mm. Are you truly his? Hmm. And that, and ask John Wesley. Yeah. And then guess what? Whenever he, he did that, he realized that he was no longer afraid of death after he fully surrendered to Christ. So yeah, so you're that's amen. <laughs> so now, how does one surrender to Christ, Jeff? Let's let's give her some practical. How and everyone listen? How does one surrender their life with Christ? What what's one thing that comes to your mind first, Jeff? Not my will, but Thy will be done. Hey, do you not understand that Christ in the wilderness, not wilderness, but in the Garden of Gethsemane, had a moment, yep. a human moment where He says, "Father, if it be Thy will, take this cup from me." But I'm so glad that the writers didn't put a period there, but there was a comma semicolon for all those grammatical people. I don't know what comes after. But all I know was once that breath was taken, he said, but not my will, but thine will. What Jeff is telling you is, is that you got to be completely abandoned of your will. You got to say, hey, this is not my life. And like how we start this podcast, everybody loves Jesus as savior. Right. But nobody wants to be Lord. But do you understand that you're a slave to something? Right. You might as well go to the one who says my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Exactly. So what we're trying to say is, what are you still holding on to? What what do you still have a tight grip on? That's right. And I looked it up. It was a comma. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it, man. Because, bro, you know, I'm a wordsmith when it comes to grammar. I meant to, no, I, I will say exactly. Not my will, but thy will. Well, what is God's will? God's we will is his word. Yeah. It's his word. So you know you're supposed to go to church. You know you're supposed to fellowship. You know you're supposed to pray. You're not going to be a super saint overnight, so don't yeah. even think about being one. All Jesus does ne- never, ever, ever in Scripture have I ever read. Ezzy, tell me if you ever read in the Bible where it says figure it out. No. It's been Nowhere. figured out. Nowhere in the Bible does it say figure it out, but, oh, but tons of times it says, trust me. You got to go with the trust flow. Me. You got to flow with the ghost, man. Yeah. You got to trust him. Now, right. man, you can't say stuff like that, Jeff. You're going to make a preacher preach. I know. I'm, try- I'm trying to hold back. No, you know, uh, you know, see, Ezzy doesn't have kids, so he's got, he's got, he, 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 uh, are you going to bring me some nieces and nephews? I don't want nephews. I already got your nephews. I need nieces. You need to hurry yeah, up because yeah, I know. eight years and twelve years is too much of a gap, bro. Yeah, I know. We, we, the All Lord right. is the Lord is at work. All right, Amen. All too willing right. to do. <laughs> we All love right. you too, Vanita. My sister is in the building. My sister-in-law. Well, I only like calling sister-in-law. That's my sister right there. Amen. Brittany's sister, but you know my sister. Right. We're glad you're on here, Shante. Nate. Nate says, "Oh, uh oh. Give me one second. Hey guys, God bless you. God bless you too, Nate. Thank you for Thank watching, you, man. Fanita yeah. has a question. How do you keep off Satan from trying to get you to back to where you came from? Gotcha. Oh, that's good. Yeah. The Bible says, submit yourself, therefore. Hold on. What's where's yeah. submit your <laughs> how does it go? Submit yourself, therefore, under God. No, no, that's wrong. Under the mighty hand of God. Which verse no, are you talking the about? The one that says submit, then resist, and he will flee. Yeah, resist the devil and he will flee. Yeah. 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 Well, first off, the number one thing you have to do is become fully aware of who you are in Christ. Like mm-hmm. the devil tried to tempt. Now, why do you think they call it a temptation with Jesus? 
when Jesus, when Satan tempted Jesus to become, to, to take the stone from bread, right? Jesus was the bread of life. That would be a temptation. When Satan brought him to a high pinnacle and, and said, um, uh, you know, uh, jump off and will he not give his angels charge over thee? Right. What Satan was trying to get Jesus to do there, y'all, was to show his majesty before the cross. That's right. That's tempting. Mm -hmm. He wished above all that all men would be saved. Right. He didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but through him that the world may be saved. Amen. When he when when Satan tempted him to bow down and worship him, what did Jesus say? What did he say? <laughs> you should serve. You should worship. What did Jeff? Yeah, it's a, yeah, exactly. It was from Luke chapter four. I actually read it today. Here, I'll just go to it. Scriptures are just. It's in Luke chapter four, and he said, "I'm gonna tell you real quick because I actually just read it before we came on." And then I have a very unique response that I think you'll like. It'll make you preach. Oh yeah. Um, uh, uh, oh, sorry, I meant Matthew, Mark, Luke. Sorry, my bad. You I'm in Mark, Luke chapter four. Basically, this is the part where the devil offers everything that God had already offered, but he wanted to do it in the name of Satan versus the name of God. He offers him everything that is already his. Already his. Oof. He said, uh, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Yep. Each of those responses mm -hmm. was due to his awareness of who he was. Right. The, the scripture says, that John said when the dove came upon him, the world would know. At that moment, you saw the triune nature of God, right. the voice of God, the spirit right. of God descending, and a flesh full manifestation of the of the Father through Jesus, right? I hope right. I said that, right? Right. But what you have to, let's get to your question. We, we preach. I'm sorry. We're going we to answer yeah. your question. How do you keep off Satan from trying to get you back to where you come, came from? Um, I mean, I'd say. Go ahead, Jeff. No, go ahead. You go ahead, Jeff. I just thought about. um. Immediately when I saw that, that question, mm -hmm. immediately I thought about the children of Israel wanting to go back to Egypt mm. because they were ungrateful. And it was comfortable back there. Exactly. You know, the Bible says that you're not to be lukewarm. But everybody knows that when you go to wash your hands, you don't turn it on the hottest water or the coldest. You make it warm. Why? Because it's comfortable. Mm. You want to go back to a place of comfort or familiarity. And so the devil tempts you to get back into back into that. But God is asking you to trust him step by step, precept upon precept. You go slowly and you trust him and you're grateful in the things that you have where you are so that you're not tempted to go back in like the children of, of Israel were to go back into uh, Egypt. Whenever you whenever you have a moment where you attempted to go back, take a seat and write down everything that's back there exactly. so that your mind can see it ain't worth going back there. That's right. Sometimes where God takes us, um, it's challenging. It stretches mm -hmm. you. Um, um, Sometimes it may feel like he's a mystery. Is he there? Is he not? But anytime you have that moment of going back to a sin, you got to see sin for what it really is. Right. You got to see sin for what it really is. When you know that the, the wage of sin is death, then you have to ask yourself, what is the trail of this sin? Where would right. this sin take me? We we are so emotional as a culture mm -hmm. that we have put our, you heard it say, preacher say, we put our brain on ice and our heart on flames. So we're so emotional right. that we don't have we don't have no process of elimination ability. We don't know how to sift through anything and decide and see the, the devil in the details because we're so caught up in the big picture that we forget the little things. The Bible says there's little foxes that spoils the vine. The yeah. devil ain't going to send no big foxes into your vehicle. Right. He's going to send the littlest, most subtlest thing in your life because he knows that 90 some percent of people, believers, are not aware enough. They're like the other part of the Gideon army who went to the water and bowed down to okay. refreshment. Versus bringing the refreshment. God wants us to be refreshed. Don't get it twisted. But he also wants your head on a swivel. All right. So you have to understand what the word of God says when it says, do not be ignorant of Satan's devices. Mm -hmm. The greatest thing that Satan ever did was made people believe he doesn't exist. Right. Or the greatest lie is, 
well, he's defeated. Yeah, Christ defeated him. Yep. Yeah. Or yeah, exactly. That he exists, but that but that it doesn't matter. But it doesn't right. matter. He's just right. wandering out there waiting for his demise. Right. No, he's writing your life. These what? let me make I sure I say I, this, Jeff. I don't want people to think the devil's omnipresent. The devil is not messing with me. Correct. He's not messing with Jeff. He's not omnipresent. He has a well-oiled machine. Go ahead, Jeff. Right. Now, I was going to say, I think that's really good. When you realize the, the, the severity of sin. Yeah. Talk, you know, about it. Talk about it. When, so I have a 12-year-old, and let's say in four more years he gets a car, or he wants to ride my car or something like that. He can drive. But I go away for the weekend, and I say, hey, I don't want you to drive my, this car. You can drive this one. My son, out of love for me, will not drive the car that I told him not to drive if he's in love with me. But if he is serving me out of, uh, what would the word be, as the um, compulsion maybe? Like he's serving me out of a law kind of standpoint, meaning, uh, meaning I'm afraid of the consequences. Then if he can get away with it, he's probably going to try to get away with it. But if he does it because he loves me and honors me, he knows that what the price that I paid for him he would never want to dishonor me or bring displeasure to, to who I am. And it's the same thing with God. You have to realize that the closer you come to Christ, the more desensitized or the more sensitive you will be to the things of the world. And the closer you get to the world, the less you'll care about the things of God. And so, you know, when you realize that even though Satan's trying to get you to go back, the wages of sin is still death. Still death. And so, you know, a thief can go steal money. He can go rob a place and get money. And a businessman can do the right thing, work, and get money. We both got the same thing, right? We both got money. One did it unrighteously. The other one did it righteously. Is it worth going to hell? No. To go back? Yeah. So I would just say be grateful for where you are and where God is taking you. Um, if it's to deal with temptation, things like that. The Bible encourages us that there's always a way out, a way of escape. There's always a way of escape. So yeah, I would just say that for now. And maybe if you ask more specific of what you're going into, maybe we can talk about that. Yeah. Well, Jeff, we have three minutes left, man. Yep. Um, I, I wish we could answer everyone's questions, but you know, of course, we're both family men. Yep. <laughs> we're, we're followers of Christ first, but we're family of men second. And also- yeah. Jeff and I both love food, man. That's right. So periodically on the podcast, we're going to talk about our love for food, man. Um, see, we love faith. We love family. Yeah. We love fellowship. And we also love food. We and love food. those who know, man, y'all know I love food, man. And so maybe, depend, but see, this is this a Holy Spirit-led podcast. So the Holy Spirit wants to talk about, want to talk about food. We'll open some time for food. Yeah. But since we do have three minutes left, Jeff, what's your top three? Mm, where you want to go with this? You want to do sweets? You want to do savory? You pick it. I'll tell you. I'm kind of got. I'm craving some savory stuff. Like what's? Yeah, I love savory. That's what's good. your top three sides, my brother? And then we'll stop. Sides. Sides, my brother. Oh, that's easy. Number one, macaroni and cheese, hands hey, down. We family. Kenny Mac, if your mother sends me some some macaroni and cheese, I will be forever grateful. Man, where's you know what I'm Kenny? Watching. I, 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 I wish I could bring Kenny on right now. Is Kenny watching? Oh, I don't not know if he is or not. Nah, uh, 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 no, actually, I think he's on a podcast where he's uh, 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 discussing the foundations of Halloween. Um, <laughs> Our other brother's busy doing the work of the Lord, too. Right. So um, so macaroni and cheese. Uh, second side. Man, I'm from up north, so bread is always a side dish with every meal. I understand. So, but, you know, if we, since we live in the south, you know, I mean, they, they've got biscuits, cornbread. Uh, you know, garlic bread, whatever we can have. So bread, uh, macaroni and cheese, and then, um, man, any type of potato, because I love fries, but, or any type yeah, of potato. Man. But, man. Um, yeah, what are yours? Man, uh, number one is always baked macaroni and cheese, my That's brother. That's right, yes. Number two, man. Size is difficult for me, man, because I love size, man. So do I. I would say number two would have to be any kind of potato. I'm talking about from the exactly. hash brown, all yep. the French fry. But my favorite potato mm -hmm. would have to be 
not that whippy mashed potato. I'm talking about the chunky mashed potatoes. With oh, okay, yeah, yeah. My number so three. Far, so so far, we're we're both macaroni and cheese and both potato. Okay. Yeah, number three, man. Of all time, bro, would have to be, and I did this before, and I can't remember, but it'd be macaroni and cheese number one, it'd be uh, mashed potatoes, chunky mashed potatoes number two, mm-hmm. and French fries tied for number two, mm-hmm. and number three, it might just, but it, you don't have it often, it might be candy yams. So I like that, but because I grew up up north, we didn't have that as much. When I get around somebody who can actually cook, yeah, I love. Candy yams or sweet potato casserole? No, I love that. That's too high for candy yams. Candy yams cannot be number three. That's too yeah, I, probably not. And see, my issue is that, you know, I grew up in a, in a home where they had all these sides, and it's like they always had bread. So, <laughs> and I love bread, but I don't know. I mean, man, it may, it may, my third, my number three may have to be a bean, bro. It may. I have- do love- I do like uh, barbecue baked beans. Barbecue baked beans and butter beans are my two favorite beans. Yeah, I do like making barbecue baked because whenever I make my baked beans, I always, always add barbecue sauce, mustard, and garlic. Mustard? My, you don't even know. You don't even know it's in there. It just, I hate it just, condiments, it, bro. Listen, it just adds the flavor to it. Just trust me. Garlic, <laughs> mustard, and barbecue sauce. <laughs> I believe you, my brother, but I'm not going to try it. I'm going to make you try it. Where's All Britain? right, y'all. Tell her I'm going to get it. Thank y'all for watching episode one. Yeah, thank y'all. Of the Way Out podcast, where it's our mission, our hope to help you continue to follow the way, the truth, and the life out of any situation you're facing. Okay. Um, both of us, we love God. We love family. We love food. And we hope this podcast is, gives you an opportunity to fellowship with us as we do this live. Hope it gives you an opportunity to really ask your questions. Uh, we'll probably do another live Q&A and then we'll get into some topics. Um, so submit your questions to us. Post it, post it up under the video. Particular topics that you would love for us to break down. You have two preachers at your disposal. Right. Two men of God that ain't going to sugarcoat nothing. Right. Utilize <laughs> that. I know, uh, aren't you tired of sugarcoated messages? Well, don't they you came want to the wrong place. If, they, if they want sugarcoating, they came to the wrong you, place. Don't you want meat and potato messages? Right. Meat and potatoes message sermons, right. uh, notes, points, of views. Come on, man. Subscribe. Right. Right. Join us as we as we as we do this thing together. And it's an honor to do this with my brother Jeff, man. Um, and I hope y'all enjoyed episode one. Um, it's a different vibe. Um, where we there's a different um mission. It, um, our goal is really revival and right. positioning us to receive the revival of God, not only in our lives, but in our family and based upon his sovereignty, this nation and the world. Um, any last words, Jeff? Uh, no, I just want to pray for everybody before yes, we go. Please, Jeff. I'll and let you get on that. Go ahead and pray for him, BD. Yeah, uh, Father, we, we, we just lift up every single person that's watching right now or that will watch. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that the peace of God will go into their homes. The peace that's in our houses, we leave in their house now in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Lord God, that they will have joy where there was no joy. Father, that they'll have breakthrough where there was no breakthrough. Yes. Father, thank you, Lord God, that you promised that if they will open up their homes and allow you to come in, specifically their hearts, that you will come in, you will commune with them, and you will show them who you are and teach them your ways. Father, we love you. We bless you. We give you all the glory and the honor. And we just ask that you would touch them now, wherever they're at right now in Jesus' mighty name. Anybody that needs healing right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we declare that you are healed right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Arthritis, pain in your joints, in your arms, in your forearm, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray for healing now. And that it's yours right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Amen. Amen, my brother. Amen. I didn't know y'all was going to get healing on this podcast. Oh, yeah. We, we believe in healing. <laughs> we believe in healing. We might. Now, if a demon come out, we can't do so much behind the screen. Yep. You know, if you need to, if you want to bring yourself up on the screen, we could bring you on the screen and we can see what the yep. demons are doing. Yeah. I'm just joking. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> we want the power of God to move on this podcast. Amen. And we ultimately, we want y'all to see Christ for how he wants to be seen. Right. And see the power operating in your own life and equip you. That's the purpose to equip you 
to do what you've already been endowed with the Holy Spirit to do. That's right. Aren't you tired of being shallow? Aren't you tired of just going through the motions of Christianity? Mm -hmm. Don't you want to see the power of God move? Aren't you tired of playing it safe? Yeah. Ain't nothing safe about this. But in his will, there's safety. But ain't nothing. This is a war. Yep. Let me stop. We got to go. You got to fail. We're good. good. Love y'all, man. Love we'll y'all. See y'all. Uh, we probably won't do it next week. We're gonna we build our rhythm. We'll let y'all know. Hit the hit the notification bell. If you're watching this on Facebook, if you're watching this on YouTube, I mean, uh, oh my coach Josh page on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the Ezzy Life. We will after this video create our own audio platform where you can actually look up the Way Out podcast and be able to stream and listen. Um, but right now we're on YouTube for the moment, um, and uh, we're gonna see what God does do with this man. But I'm excited yeah. to do it with my brother Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. We love y'all. Love y'all. See y'all next week. Well, next time. Next Peace. Time. Yep. See, bye.